Turret. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. What would you do if you found a deadly snake lying in the bed next to you? What would you do? Well, a woman found that exact situation today in Australia. She found one of the world's most venomous snakes in her bed today. Images of the massive eastern brown snake were posted on Facebook. The photos show how long the snake on the bed in the Queensland home really was. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. The six-foot-long snake mostly and most probably came into the home through an open door, we're told. Eastern brown snakes can be found across eastern Australia and is probably encountered by humans more than any other snake. And this species has the unfortunate distinction of causing more deaths from a snake bite than any other species of snake in Australia. Well, what in the world would that have to do with any issue we might talk about here on Viewpoint today? Well, you'll just have to wait and see. I'm Chuck Chris Myers, conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and today we're going to see exactly how snakes slither around just like deception. Just like deception. And you might think that you would not welcome a deadly snake into your bed, but you may have them roaming around your whole house. You may have them welcomed into your home. You may have welcomed them right into your body through a deadly vaccine through deception. You say, wow, I never thought about it that way. Well, maybe it's about time we did think about some things that way, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And we're going to tie together a number of things here today on Viewpoint to show how these things are connecting and uh, to connect a, an attitude that is prevailing across our world. All over the world today, there is chaos, cacophony in Israel, in France, in America, all over the world. And more and more nations and cities are experiencing uprisings. They're expecting a major, perhaps the major, the most, uh, the greatest protest ever in Germany's history. That's the announcement today. What is going on? Well, friends, there are snakes in the camp. There are snakes all over the world, and they are deceiving people. In fact, the enemy of our souls himself is called the serpent. And he deceived the first human beings, or at least he deceived Eve, and the rest is history. He has not changed his method, his modus operandi at all. He continues to ask the question, hath God said, and we continue to say, yes, but. In other words, we continue to elevate ourselves as co-equal with the serpent himself that God called the deceiver. And all over the world, we're seeing 
the manifestation of Satan multiplied. Whether you want to call it snakeology, whether you want whatever you want to call it, the slithering serpents of deception are raging throughout our world. Yes, even the Christian world, maybe especially the Christian world. Because the deceiver already has the non-believers in his grasp. All he has to do is take down those who profess to be believers. I wonder why Israel National News has this headline today. We need Mashiach badly. Well, Mashiach is the Hebrew word for Messiah. So here's what the article says. We need Messiah badly. Now, why would that come out in an essay today in Israel's most prominent newspaper other than the Jerusalem Post? Why? Because, friends, Israel is massively divided. So divided that they were on the edge of civil war, just as people are alleging is the case here, are alleging is the case in France, the seedbed of the professed enlightenment that merely received with accolades the serpent back in the late 1700s called the Russian Revolution. Not the Russian Revolution, the French Revolution. And so we're experiencing the same thing as they say deja vu all over again, except now it's worldwide. Now it's worldwide. The serpent is slithering and taking dominion in people's beds, in their homes, in their hearts, in their churches, in their institutions, in their Supreme Courts, in their schools. He is taking dominion. And quite frankly, the majority are sleeping with the serpents. In other words, they're asleep. They're asleep and the serpents are slithering. I have in my hands the most amazing picture. If I were not looking at this, it would be hard for me to believe what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the picture of a young woman. It looks like maybe in her early 20s, late teens, early 20s. Her name is Megan. And she decided to try a snake massage with deadly pythons. Supposedly, this is a special treatment, a snake massage. Can you imagine this? I'm looking at the snakes right now. They're not little. These are big, hefty dudes. Pythons. Deadly pythons. And I watched as the reptiles crawled across her body. And the farm owner that was making this so-called massage available told local media that the snakes are safe as long as you don't get scared. Really? Well, how do you know if you don't get scared? How would you feel with pythons uh, caressing your body? At least in this case, it's two pythons. It appears to be two. Uh, two very different colored pythons, and each one of them looks to be probably 10 to 12 feet long, slithering surreptitiously over this girl 
as she lays there trying not to be afraid. Friends, this is a picture. This is a picture of what is happening all over our world. It really is. You may not like to hear it put this way, but it really is. And if this young lady is terrified, says the woman tries a terrifying snake massage, if she's terrified and has every right to be so, why is it that we're not more concerned as we see the serpent slithering over our loved ones, our children, our grandchildren, in our cons- in our uh, uh, our churches, in our institutions, even in our Supreme Court, in the rest of our courts, in the Congress, it's everywhere. Maybe we really do need the Messiah. What do you think? We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. And I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. As the slithering serpent uh, slides over our uh, communities, over our families, uh, over our institutions, over our churches, he is making his way through open doors. He's coming in out of the cold or out of the heat and trying to find something comfortable, and he's finding comfort. He's finding comfort in our presence. And we're providing him safe harbor because we don't want to offend any of his followers. We don't want to offend any of his brother and sister serpents out there, those who are engaged with the serpent, the deceiver, carrying on nefariously in arrogance against God, the creator of the universe, against his will, against the scriptures, against the Constitution of the United States, against the Constitution of the Christian Church called the Bible, and yet we still play footsie with the serpent. It's as if we're almost daring him, like this young lady, I'm looking at the picture right now, decided to make herself available to a snake massage by deadly pythons and i watch them crawl over her body i watch their little forked tongues come out and tweak her fingers and her chin my goodness friends there's a reason why the bible calls satan the serpent and there's also a reason why The one who was called the serpent is also called the deceiver. Why do we continue to give him place? Why? Are we more afraid of offending the serpent than we are of offending God? It's just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Shocking. 
And then through the church growth movement beginning in the 1970s and manifesting increasingly on steroids through the seeker-sensitive movement in the 1980s and 90s, we actually began to honor and welcome the serpent into our churches on the basis that, well, we want to win them for Christ. Friends, no, that's not, that's not how it works. If you're going to win the serpent for Christ, you do it outside the church. You do it outside your home. You do it out there. That's where genuine ministry to the unbeliever is to take place. Not by welcoming disbelief, unbelief, rebellion, and uh, serpent deception into your congregation and into your home. That's not God's way. You cannot find that in the scripture. The church gathered is for the strengthening and edification of the saints. To prepare them to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. To be able to stand in the evil day against the serpent. Not to fraternize with him. Not to allow him to caress you. So that you think you're so strong in the Lord. That you can stand there and you can allow him to make his way into your home and among your children. You can welcome all of his nefarious uh, entertainment into your home. You can play the game with with the uh, kids in the school. You can allow them to fraternize with anybody and everybody. And you think you're so cool. Look at me. I am so strong. So bold that I can play with serpents. (laughs) Maybe you never thought about it that way. Well, you do now. You may think it's overreaching. I don't think so. If it were overreaching, then why is it that we've done everything that I just described over the past 40 years in our churches, in our homes, and so on? That's exactly what we've done. We just didn't see it that way. But now we can. Now we can see it that way. And I don't know about you, but I can tell you that when my wife was up in the attic a few years ago and discovered a snake skinned in the attic, she was terrified. How could that guy possibly have gotten in this attic the third story up And some quasi-expert said, I believe he crawled straight up the outside of your brick house. Whoa, I don't know if that's how he got in, but I'm telling you, the serpent is very deceptive. He's very clever. He knows how to get in. And you won't necessarily know how he got in, but I just described for you a whole lot of ways that he gets in. And you're daring him. You're absolutely daring him to deceive and to destroy. So no wonder. No wonder Yehuda Leonard Oppenheimer wrote a very interesting essay printed in the Israel National News declaring we need Messiah badly. 
He said mobs have been whipped up to an ever greater frenzy by their ringleaders, and our country is now at the frightening level division and hate, with many fearing that a real civil war is soon going to explode. The leaders of the left, those that entertain serpents and deception and hate the authority of God and his word, I'm adding that in, have now led a frightening level of division and hate. The leaders of that group have no bounds of responsibility for what they're causing in their self-righteous hypocrisy. And it's being led by former prime ministers, Lapid, Barak, and Omer, together with many of their leaders, literally calling for war against the current government while continuing to spout lies and distortions about their true aims. That's exactly what's happening in our country, friends. Just look at the New York uh, DA, who is leading a campaign of massive deception to a grand jury under many false pretenses. To the point where a liberal revered judge, excuse me, attorney, Alan Dershowitz, declared today that if Mr. Bragg continues on with his nefarious agenda, he may well be risking his bar license. That's how bad, how serious his behavior is in his effort to carry on a false agenda with false pretenses and false facts in order to try to take down a former president. It's pretty amazing. The snakes are everywhere, friends. As this writer goes on to say in Israel, the truth is, as anyone actually examining the proposals of judicial reform can plainly see, the reforms are not radical at all, the ones that they're rebelling against. They're merely an attempt to restore the proper balance between the Knesset, that is the uh, parliament in Israel, and the judiciary which was devastated by the undemocratic power grab of former Chief Justice Aaron Barak. In a deceitful and hidden fashion, he and his co-conspirators, that is analogous to the serpents that I've been talking about, engineered changes in the Knesset's basic laws, giving himself as Supreme Court justice and the court unbridled power. Since then, that power has been used to promote a liberal, ungodly agenda that has been condemned at various times by parties from the entire political spectrum, including the hypocrites leading these protests. But they found a rallying cry to use as a hammer to smash the existing government, and unfortunately, they are using it all too effectively because they have no limits. Ninety percent of the so-called demonstrators would not even be able to put two truthful senses together to explain what is about the judicial reforms that so angers them that they have come out in the streets again 
and again to demonstrate. What really exercises them is that for the first time, the ones they consider the extreme right are in control and intent on enacting various policies that are antithetical to the slithering serpents on the left. They're angry that the now prime minister they refer to as the dictator is once again the prime minister, despite their best efforts to delegitimize him. And so, they will do anything they can. In the name of restoring democracy, to destroy democracy. Just like they do in this country. These people don't care about democracy. They want a liberal dictatorship. They want the deceiver to be the Lord Commander of their country. Therefore, they will welcome whatever slithering, deceiving serpents they can gather together to tyrannize the rest of the society into submission. Is the Messiah going to come into this kind of a snake nest? Or do we have to get rid of the snakes before he comes? I suspect he's going to come in the midst of the snake nest. Because if we read Revelation chapter 19, he's going to destroy those rebels with the words of his own mouth. Read it. Revelation 19. The sword of his mouth. When he speaks the word of his father, it is going to lay waste these deceptive serpents. Rebels who cannot tolerate law and the liberty that law brings. They want license to do whatever they please. Dare we pray that the Messiah would come soon? There's no way to satisfy these people, ultimately. No way. Have you ever heard of a snake being satisfied? Well, he might just uh, engorge on one massive uh, animal or a human being. We've seen them in the belly of massive snakes. Slows them down for a while. But then you end up with a situation like the Florida Everglades, where the pythons and the boas have multiplied and multiplied and multiplied until they tyrannize the entire environment and take everything captive. That's what's happening, friends. That is what is happening. So then, today, thousands protested in Israel in support of judicial reform against the others who were totally against slithering serpents, so to speak, by analogy, totally against any kind of lawfulness 
that would keep them from attaining their ungodly, licentious agendas. So today, Benjamin Netanyahu declared a moratorium. He said, we're going to hold off on moving forward with this judicial reform and the final decision until the summer session. In other words, a couple of months. Why? Because the serpents were multiplying. And the entire nation was trembling. And so are we in this country. If we have an eye to see and an ear to hear. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned, friends. You might just want to consider getting a copy of my book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. $15 on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Those same slithering serpents there in Israel were trying to ban Christians and the good news of Jesus in Israel. They were attempting to enact a law that would prevent any Christian from telling anybody else about Jesus. And it would be a serious crime to attempt to talk about to anyone under the age of 18 about Jesus. See, they don't want the truth. They don't want any truth. They want continued massive deception. And anything that they can do to secure it. So Benjamin Netanyahu came out and said, we're not going to, we're not going to approve that. We're not going to let that kind of thing happen. We're just not going to let it happen. So BB jumps in the battle over banning good news of Jesus in Israel. Said, no way. And now, we continue in a different vein. Because, quite frankly, these slithering serpents have found a way to get into your veins. Yes, into your brains. Yes, into your hearts. Into your muscles. Into every organ in your body through something that was falsely called a vaccine. We're going to talk about this for the next uh, few minutes here, and probably until the end of the program, because I have a number of uh, things before me here that will help us to understand a little better. Uh, what is really going on, what has been going on. 
First of all, I have in my hands a number of new reports about athletes just dropping dead all over the world. More athletes just dropping dead all all over the world. So these are people 30 years of age and under for the most part. Healthy, very healthy people that were totally asymptomatic of anything and then suddenly just dropped dead. You know what's fantastic, what's amazing about this? You never hear of any autopsy or any other official statement as to what really killed them. You never find out whether or not they had one, two, or three vaccines. No, that's untouchable. So they'll say they died of a heart attack or they had this, but they won't tell you what precipitated it. Why? Because they're trying to protect the shot, the jab. They're still trying to protect it. Why? It's deception, friends. There are many reasons why deception would take place. Many reasons why. Sometimes it's for power. Sometimes it's for uh, the perks of power or position. Sometimes it's just for position. Sometimes it's to be considered part of, well, the majority opinion. Well, the majority opinion is almost always ungodly. Have you noticed that? Jesus said it would be that way. He said straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and precious few that would be to find it. And many would go in the other gate because broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will go in there. So if you think you're going to follow the Broadway or the way that seems popular, that seems accepted, you very well may be on the wrong road. You're just gathering together and turn yourself into a slithering serpent yourself. You slither along with them. Embrace their slithering, deceptive ways. That's why Christians are called to discernment, friends. Didn't the Apostle Paul say something like this, that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices? Oh, but we are, obviously. We don't seem to have discernment. Even when the facts slap us in the face. Because as Joe Biden said on national television, we believe in facts, not truth. Excuse me, he said we believe in truth, not facts. But truth is made up of facts. What he was really saying is, we believe in our feelings as what defines truth. Forget about the facts. They're irrelevant. It's just how we feel. That's what he was really saying. And that, unfortunately, that spirit has crept into our churches. It's made headway so massively into our churches that starting in the 1970s, it justified divorce, which never, almost never, never, never took place in our churches. 
And then, as if that were not enough, the serpent wound itself around the pastors and so on, slithered around even more, and urged them to approve second, third, fourth marriages, even when the spouse was still living, which God called adultery. Jesus called adultery. Paul called it adultery. So what do you call it? You see what happened? We allowed the massage of the serpent to come in and make us feel more comfortable with a deceptive message. That's what happened. And it's happened, it started there, then it continued on to justify the practice of homosexuality, then to justify homosexual marriage in the name of compassion and love. So we've got all kinds of serpentine kinds of doctrines now that are all slithering around together, making love to one another in the name of Christ. Talk about blasphemy. So when we talk about seduction, there is a reason why the Bible uses that term. It's a sexual term. God analogizes spiritual deception to to fleshly seduction, sexual seduction. And you allow that serpent to come into your life, into your home, into your mind, and the rest is history. You're going to have to kill it. You can't just play footsie with it. Snakes multiply. Have you heard about the people that shockingly find whole nests of snakes under their homes? (laughs) Oh, my friends, by analogy, we've got nests of snakes in our churches. In our Christian schools, in our Christian colleges. And they're welcomed in, in the name of compassion. What a lovely little serpent. And I'm not talking about individuals. I'm not talking about people per se. I'm talking about what they believe. I'm not trying to mock individual people. It's what we allow the serpent to do in our lives. We receive him just like Eve did in the garden. And you know what happened. And it's still happening today. That's why we need a savior, isn't it? And the only way it will stop happening is when Messiah comes. You might just want to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. It'll help you to see how this is happening. The false messiahs that are out there like slithering serpents. It's a $22 book. 
right there on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Same thing now with Seduction of the Saints. You want to get both of those books together? There will only be one postage and handling, $5 for the first book, $2 for the next. In other words, you're going to save $3 by getting the two books together. Seduction is $15. Messiah is $22. All right, so let's, let's move further into looking at how the jab is like a slithering serpent now that you have welcomed into the body of Christ. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you've welcomed him in. The question is, why did you welcome him in? Did you welcome him in because of fear? Did you welcome him in because of uh, uh, fear of COVID? Because you didn't trust God? Did you welcome him in because you had fear of a, an employer that was threatening you? A former cop who reportedly lost his job with the San Francisco Police Department for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine is now speaking out and doubling down. Joel Aylworth, a third-generation police officer who served 14 years on the police forces in San Francisco and Oakland, discussed his passion for the job and his reasons for declining the jab. He said police work is still one of the noblest professions out there if done correctly. But at 40 years of age, he found himself in the crosshairs of COVID-19 mandates, leaving behind the career to which he devoted more than a decade. When the pandemic hit, he was working at a cush job at the academy and was promptly sent back onto the streets. And then he was dismissed entirely from the force. He said, as a Christian, I don't believe in injecting biological substances into my blood. How about you? Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. When snakes inhabit the environment, trouble is ahead. The more snakes the more trouble. It's one thing to find 
that a snake has somehow made its way in through the engine of your car and into your car. It's another thing to get into your car and find half a dozen rattlers there. Unfortunately, that's what this police officer found. A third-generation police officer, highly respected. He said he closely monitored the COVID-19 vaccine and worried about what might happen to people like him who did not plan to receive it. As a Christian, he said, I don't believe in injecting biological substances into my blood. But once the mandate went through, he said, I had a religious exemption approved by the police human resources director. He approved it within one day. I thought, great. But within a month, everything changed. The snakes came out in force. According to Aylworth, the exemption was pulled for him and 150 others who had already been approved. Suddenly, he said, the secondary review was required despite authorization purportedly already having been granted a month beforehand. And I was given a month to either get the jab or be fired. He said, I I had to make a decision based upon convictions. It wasn't easy. I'm about to give up a $200,000 plus paying job. And now what? What's going to happen? I might lose my house. At least I'll keep my family and my soul and my health. How about you? Has that been your response? Or have you joined the snake infestation? The World Tribune just came out with a piece a couple of weeks ago. Most COVID injection hazards were known to scientists before the vax was released. Amazing. The author of the book on COVID vaccine safety said seven of her top ten hazards of the COVID shots were known to scientists before the release of the so-called vaccines. And any one of them, she said, would be a stop signal not to administer the so-called vaccines. said, when the FDA was forced by court order to release the list of health injuries observed by Pfizer in the short trial, the list ran to 1,290 different types of adverse events observed. These weren't the total number of adverse events, friends. This was the total number of the types of adverse events. 1,290 different events types or kinds of adverse events. She says the COVID vaccines damage the immune system and allow new cancers to form due to the devastating interference with uh, the pathways and the destruction of your God-given immune system replaced by a counterfeit immune system. She said it's more dangerous to vaccinate against COVID than against other viruses. Myocarditis is a life-threatening condition which injures the muscle layer of the walls of the heart with no available treatment because it entails the killing of heart cells. mRNA can affect the DNA, contrary to what they said. And then there's the lipid coating of mRNA known for many years to be toxic. 
invading sensitive body organs such as the brain, ovaries, spleen, and liver. And male and female fertility has been impaired. Men, why have men been advised to freeze their sperm prior to getting the injection? Both men and women are at risk for possibly permanent infidelity, uh, infertility rather, because the spike protein of a coronavirus looks to the immune system similar to uh, Sincitin-1, an essential protein in the placenta. This stimulates antibodies to fight the placenta and possibly sperm. The New England Journal of Medicine had previously found that 14% of vaccinated pregnant women miscarried, mostly in the third trimester, which is normally a very rare time to miscarry. Spike proteins cross the blood-brain uh, barrier and attach to neurons and create brain inflammation and misfolded protein uh, proteins. These are just some of the things that were known before the vaccine or jab was ever released. But they were hidden. Another from the World Tribune. Survey points to real number of deaths from COVID jab. Yet the CDC and FDA continue to push shots. Why? What snake fest are they associated with that would continue to allow them to deceive the American people as a killing machine by these so-called shots they're supposed to protect health? According to a survey published in a peer-reviewed journal of infectious diseases, the true number of Americans who died due to the COVID shots is somewhere between 217,000 and 332,000 in 2021 alone. In one year, while it's clear that the experimental COVID shots have killed a considerable number of people, the total death remains elusive thanks to the U.S. health agency's obfuscating, hiding, and manipulating data, according to Dr. Joseph Mercola. Vaccine Safety Research Foundation founder Steve Kirsch said we've killed at least 217,000 Americans and seriously injured 33 million in just the first year alone. And the CDC and FDA want to give you more shots? And since deaths from the vaccine were higher in 2022, most experts would estimate the all-cause mortality death toll from the COVID vaccines to be in the range of 500 to 600,000 in America alone. So, Hirsch added the so-called... The global cost of life from these so-called vaccines is on the order of 10 to 20 million people. Yet, author Mark Skidmore, an economics professor at Michigan State University, said it's very curious why 31% of the U.S. population declined the jab or didn't complete the primary series by November 22 and nearly two years into a massively advertised vaccination campaign. What happened? Why? Well, they began to discover the truth about the matter, and they said, we're not going to go there anymore. Question, are you? According to Dr. Skidmore, the total number of fatalities due to COVID-19 inoculation may be as high as 278,000 when fatalities that may have occurred regardless of inoculation are removed. He's being very, very 
uh, conservative friends, very conservative. As it stands, the risks of the shots are very high, he said, while Pfizer's own trial data with more than 40,000 participants show they offer no benefit in terms of your risk of hospitalization and or death. An absolute risk, the absolute risk reduction is so minute as to be inconsequential. Now, with people dropping dead all over the world, healthy people, One doctor today, I heard on some program on the radio, she said, I've been practicing many, many years. And she said, I have almost never seen a case of myocarditis in all of those years until the COVID jab. And since the COVID jabs, I have seen them all over the place. Numerous. She said, obviously, something is going on, and it's connected with the COVID jabs. Are you able to make that kind of rational connection with the mind that God has given you to discern truth from deception? Why is it we're so easily deceived? How is it that Eve was so easily deceived in the garden when she and her husband, Adam, she was created by God specifically for Adam and out of Adam. She knew that. And they enjoyed sweet fellowship together and with the Lord. They walked daily with him in the garden, an idyllic paradise And there was only one thing that was negative at all in their life. And that was that God, their creator, had said, you can eat of all the trees here in this garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat of that. Don't do that, because in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Then the serpent. Then the serpent. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Then the serpent. And he came and he asked what seems to be a very spiritual question. Hath God said? Now here's what a lot of people would say. Well, you know, the, didn't, didn't the Apostle Paul write in Romans chapter 13 that... Uh, God has established the government as a minister to you for good, and don't resist the government, don't resist the power. Uh, Well, yeah, if the government is there to minister for your good, but what if it's not? Are you then to bow down and scrape and slither into their snake fest, their snake nest, to be co-opted by them and with them and for them, to carry on their nefarious agendas, notwithstanding the growing evidence that is contrary to the fact that they are not interested in your good condition, in your health, in your welfare. 
<coughs> but are actually interested in controlling you and thereby gaining control for a new world government. How much evidence do you have to have to gain a level of discernment, not to become a rebel, but just say like this police officer, you know what? I can't go there. If I have to forfeit a $200,000 a year job, then I have to forfeit a $200,000 a year job. God will provide. You see, that's how he responded. But that's not how most Christians have responded. I know someone in our congregation, two people that face this very situation. And they had to make up their minds in advance what would happen if they were compelled. It was quite fascinating to listen to them and as, as they made up their minds and were able to articulate it without being rebellious in spirit against authority. It's not a matter of being rebellious against authority, friends. I mean, it could be. God doesn't like that. He doesn't want rebellion against him, and he doesn't want rebellion, a spirit of rebellion anywhere in our lives. But he does want us to discern whether we should submit to him or submit to other authorities that are contrary to his word, will, and ways in our life. So we have to discern. So, question. Do you have any of those snakes slithering through your home? Your mind? Your church? Are you using them even to massage so you get...